Hi, and welcome to Idaho Business Out Loud, and welcome to 2020! Start of a new year, start of a new decade, that means a new lineup of interviews on the Idaho Business Review podcast. Our first episode is going to be focused on construction and architecture, and for that, a little while ago, I spoke with Jim Escobar, the founder and principal architect at New Design. New Design's offices are located in downtown Meridian, and they're involved in a wide variety of projects all over the country. But our interview focused specifically on the growth in Meridian, on topics such as multifamily housing, opportunity zones, and modular construction. Jim also shared some insights on company culture and how it affects recruitment. But first, before we dive in, got a little shout out. So on January 31st, we're going to be publishing our quarterly square feet publication, and this edition focuses on multifamily housing, which is an important topic as we continue to see this growth all over our state and as our urban areas become more dense and create that need for housing. So to read some stories and interviews on the subject, check that out when it publishes on the 31st. And now, without further ado, let's hear from Jim. Well, hi, Jim. Thanks for taking time to talk to me. I have a a whole host of questions for you that I'm excited to dive right into. But first, I was hoping you could give us kind of an overview. Tell us the story of New Design. Sure. So New Design was actually a story that probably I created when I was just, you know, seven, eight years old, because I knew way back then that I I wanted to be an an architect someday. And I knew that I wanted to work for myself because I was kind of exposed a little bit in an entrepreneurial family as a kid. And I was exposed to a lot of construction. So I constantly heard from my dad, oh, those dang architects, those dang engineers, they don't know what they're doing. Because there's a real disconnection that happens in the process of design where designers are education-based and trained and people out in the field are typically learning on their feet out on a job site how to swing a hammer and things of that nature. So part of my goal was to create a firm that actually understood what construction was like, which meant that I had to have a lot of practice and background in construction and uh, create structures and systems in place that are more accountable to the construction side rather than just the pretty picture side that architects uh, perform. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, now, something that I heard is that you started your company during the Great Recession. That's, uh, what are the secrets to your success? You know, we were lucky. We knew that if we could hold on long enough that the economy was eventually going to come back. And so that was a big part of my focus at the time was just hang on, hang on, find every little project you could. Didn't matter what it was. If it brought money in the door, it meant that we could have another month of life. Um, it was tough. And, and it, it was... Uh, There was a moment there towards the end of the recession of our experience of it where I literally was sending my resume back out for jobs trying to find an architecture firm to work at because I I was hitting rock bottom. Um, So credit card debts, uh, draining 401ks, things of that nature, everything that I could do to be able to slide through that time and then grabbing a hold of every project that I could get my hands on. So I'd say that the true secret was grit and tenacity and a belief that it was going to turn and I was going to function. Yeah. Your company has grown a lot over the past few years, right? Yes, it has. Yeah. Um, what are some of the projects that you're currently working on? Um, I really enjoy the mixed-use buildings, like some of the downtown urban stuff where we can do ground floor retail, we can mix in a parking garage, we can do some multifamily, things of that nature. They're just fun projects because they have so much variability to them, and they're on a scale that's complementary to, to what we are able to service out in, out in the industry. Um, I like some of the modular projects. That's a big deal for me. I I think that the wave of the future is going to be in modular construction as we get more into automation and things of that nature. So uh, the modular projects are very fun and exciting. And then the capacity to even look at projects and analyze whether or not they should go modular or if we push them back to traditional site-built construction because of the local economics or whatnot. 
Um, so that's some of the fun stuff. Some of the other fun stuff, just uh, I always enjoy large industrial, complicated buildings, uh, buildings where the equipment inside costs 10 times as much as the building that surrounds it, even though they can be a couple hundred thousand square feet. Um, they're just fun projects, refrigerated warehouses, freezers and coolers, things that most of the world doesn't really get a chance to walk inside a negative 10 degree ice cream freezer that services all of the Albertsons in the Northwest. Those are fun projects to work on that type of uh, workload. Yeah, I bet. Speaking of modular construction, just because it's, it's kind of a fascinating topic, um, what are some of those criteria that you use to determine whether that's the right fit? Some of it has to do with the local economics. How well can the, the, the local municipality, or not municipality, but the local area demographics service construction projects like that? For example, when we go down to San Jose, California, Wage rates are significantly significantly expensive. There's a lot of unions associated, uh, prevailing wage rates, uh, and then even the availability of, of uh, tradesmen in the market can have a big impact on it. So there's a lot of economic decisions that, that decide whether or not a project should go modular. But then there's also the repeatability factor, um, whether we're going volumetric modular, which are the entire shell of the building, like a hotel room. Obviously, those make great sense, hotel rooms and multifamily buildings. But um, other types of projects can be modular, but more panelized modular, where things are still built in a factory and, and at some point built through robotics and other intelligence of software. Um, so it, it, a lot depends. It's project specific. And uh, we find that in Idaho, it doesn't seem to be as cost effective because our labor rates are a little bit more effective compared to some of the more urban areas where their labor rates are twice as much as Idaho. That makes a lot of sense. Um, now, one small little project I have to ask about, because I thought it was really fascinating, is you're building dorms for College of Idaho, right? And are they um, built from shipping containers? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it's a shipping container project. So they're three stories tall. Um, I want to say there's six containers on each side of a central hallway, um, times three, if, I'm, if I remember right. So. Um, it's just a, it's a cool project. It's a great name. There's a local company that's doing innovative, cool things with shipping containers. They're making a lot of media uh, attention, grabbing a lot of media attention. And um, it's exciting to be on a project like that here locally because so much of our work that we do is outside of the state. It's mm -hmm. nice to have a local modular based project like that that's catching the eyes of and the attention of the people in, the, in Idaho. That is really cool. Um, so what changes, you, you know, you guys have been here for a while, what changes have you seen in the Treasure Valley, um, the landscape of downtown Boise, downtown Meridian, over the years? <laughs> well, how far back do we go? <laughs> how far back you want. <laughs> um, I, back in the days when they were trying to figure out where to place a mall in this valley, it really decimated the downtown Boise core. And it became a ghost town in downtown Boise. Uh, but the, the city paid attention to it and they knew that a healthy, vibrant downtown was important. So thankfully, they started to reinvest and do some um, smart urban renewal in what they are doing with downtown Boise. And now we have a great, vibrant cultural scene, beautiful buildings, attractive places for people who want to live and work. Um, so I, I'm just, I see such positive things happening in downtown Boise over the last 15 years compared to, you know, my childhood back when I saw kind of the opposite happening. And downtown Meridian, I think, is still an undiscovered gem. People don't quite realize how cool it is in downtown here, that there's so much opportunity and we're starting to see some big development come into play. Um, and we're gonna hit a critical mass where everybody's gonna now have their eyes on what piece of downtown Meridian can I be a part of that's a part of this new exciting 
um, growth and development of our Treasure Valley. Uh, we're physically the center of the valley. We're going to continue to be, and I'm grateful that the city of Meridian decided to put the city hall in downtown. But um, I think it's the city's desire and interest to see the downtown thrive and not be known as the village or not be known as the 10 mile district, but you know, it's a city of Meridian and we need a healthy downtown core too, which is why you see the city investing so much energy. And now some of the developers uh, are paying attention to it. And I think we have over 500 units of multifamily coming into the downtown core just within the, within the next two years, probably next year and a half. So I hear that New Design is involved in one of the Meridian Opportunity Zones projects. What can you tell us about that? So we actually have two of them going on right now. Um, they're both with the same client who is uh, basically a champion for the Opportunity Zones. And we see him in the media quite regularly, Bill Truax, with the Galena Fund oppor um, supporting the Opportunity Zones. Um, one of them is a two-story, and for a portion of it, I believe it's going to be a three-story parking garage with retail that lines the ground floor to create oh, that sort of livability space. The other one, uh, or with above that, is three to five stories, four to five stories of all multifamily. So um, it's going to be in two different towers and exist on between second, no third, and Main Street, uh, Broadway to the railroad track. So it's a large block development. It's right here, um, just directly south of us. So um, we did a couple of projects very successfully with that client in Garden City, the 405 lofts, and then there's some multifamily that we did down in that area. So he's a real developer with great uh, business sense and supporting and growing in this opportunity zone that, that Meridian has. And from what I hear, Meridian's opportunity zone is rather unique compared to others around the country. Um, so I think we're gonna continue to see more attention and energy on that uh, tax incentive, for lack of better words, mm -hmm. that can incentivize developers to want to come to th these types of locations to develop projects and develop the area. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's kind of a topic on everybody's radar right now. Yeah. And then there was an RFP that's to the parcel directly to our east that the city put together that includes a community, um, community center. I want to say there's a few other attributes associated with that RFP, and that same client earned um, the pole position of being awarded the, the, the results of that RFP. And I believe they're in negotiations right now with the city and getting the land acquired and what their planning is gonna look like. But uh, I know they're leveraging the Opportunity Zone benefits for that project as well. Looks like there's a lot to look forward to coming in 2020 in yes. downtown Meridian as well as everywhere. Yeah, downtown Meridian's got a lot of changes over the next couple of years that it's gonna be very positive. It already is a great place to be. Um, we've been trying to find a new office space here for some time and my staff has basically said, we're not leaving Meridian. We, we like it downtown. So it's been really limiting as a, a business owner trying to find a place to house 40 employees. But uh, through innovation and some unique opportunities, we're finally finding some answers. And um, long story short, it's a great place, a very attractive place to be. Well, you've got a pretty cool office here. <laughs> yeah, we think so. Um, from an architectural viewpoint, how would you like to see Meridian grow over the next, you know, the next decade? You've definitely seen it grow over the past decade. Well, I think Meridian is very proactive in their planning process. So they're very key to what areas of town they think are the next sort of epicenters of growth. So you're seeing a lot of growth happening out at the 10 mile area, which was another urban renewal district. Um, so it was incentivized through, through um, tax increment financing for 
whatever you may or may not know about urban renewal financing. It's it's pretty neat uh, incentive for a city to be able to use. In fact, it's the only incentive that I know of that cities can utilize for um, leveraging public dollars to support private investment uh, in Idaho that I'm aware of. And then you see areas out at like Chinden and Linder with the Costco and the Fred Meyer and all of that stuff blossoming with residential development. So Meridian has a very good identity of where and how they want to grow. And now it's just a part of executing their plans. Uh, they have a new um, comp comprehensive plan coming out that hopefully gets adopted by the new city council and, and mayor that'll be on staff soon. Um, and that's just a revamp and, uh, of all the energy and attention that they place on intelligent growth. So very supportive of what I've seen in Meridian and as far as how the planning is for the future land use. And I, I just think it's one bite at a time as they're looking at these different areas of how to support smart growth. So a lot of it's residential based. Um, but at least to, it's nice to see them focusing on, well, certainly the retail. We've got a lot of that up, up and down Eagle Road and, and um, Chinden. But it's nice to see them focusing on the business side of the intersection of 10 Mile and supporting all of the humans that work here, too, not just live here. It sounds like a lot of the projects you're involved in are multifamily housing. Um, what do you feel, what kind of impact is that going to have on the Valley to provide more housing for the people who live here, like you just said? So multifamily seems to be a generational change. I mean, in my generation, it seems like everybody wants to have the single family, more suburban sprawl type structure, where it seems the new generation that's coming out and moving into homes and, move, and buying homes want intentionally the denser communities, want the carefree lifestyle of not having a lawn to mow, but still having a place for, for Fido to go play. You know, so we're doing a lot of these multifamily developments with playgrounds, you know, focused around kids or dog parks or bocce courts or things of that nature. Um, it's just a change in, in demand is what I'm seeing around the country. It's not just in Idaho, it's, it's nationwide. We, we're doing work I mean, all, across, uh, all across the United States and it's a similar story everywhere I go. That's interesting that it's like a generational shift. Yeah. Um, so to sort of sum up, bring it back to our original topic about new design. Um, what makes your, your company culture special? I know that uh, John was just telling me that you were voted one of the best architecture firms in the Valley. Um, what, what do you think contributes to that? I think we're uniquely positioned as an architecture firm and as a business with a focus and emphasis on the process of life. And that we're doing this eight hours a day, five days a week, one third of our waking lives or more, we're spending at work. And the way I've structured new design from day one is I wanted it to be a place where I could attain my goals, my goals for how I engage with, with my day job. And I actually saw that as a really unique opportunity to say, why would I just stop at me? Here I am giving my wife um, her goal of being an HR and basically she's in the CFO, CFO role here at New Design. Um, I'm giving somebody who's graduating from CWI an opportunity to fulfill their life of their drafting career, you know, and not stopping at drafting if that's where their interests want to continue to grow. So I think long story short, this, the structure of the company has been focused on how do we utilize and leverage New Design as the vehicle of our engagement with our day jobs that provides us satisfaction with our lives. Now, a trend that we see in the construction industry is the um, 
struggle to find workers, the struggle to find talent. Is that true of the architecture industry? Very much so. (laughs) It's very true. We we could be growing quite a bit uh, more quickly if there were more availability of good quality people out in the marketplace. And I I don't mean that there's bad quality people. I just think that there's not enough people for the amount of demand that we have, certainly in our valley. With all the growth that our valley's seen and continues to see, that puts all the pressure back into um, the employer's world of making sure that we've got enough human beings with enough skills to be able to fulfill those roles and duties. So we find ourselves trying to um, pull people from out of the area into our firm. That's been one of the most successful ways to help us grow. Um, But even still, we're pretty much constantly hiring and still struggling finding positions and having to say no or extend deadlines, whatnot, um, with clients. Um, so do you feel like your this company culture that you talk about, these values, does that play a big part in recruitment? Definitely, yes. We've noticed that through things like uh, best places to work in Idaho, that's been a focus of ours for the last three years. Focusing on that, that's probably the number one thing I've gotten comments from when people send me a resume. Oh, I noticed that you're one of the best places to work in Idaho. Well, that goes back to our company culture Mm -hmm. and that we're dedicated to being one of the best places to work in Idaho. Whether or not that metric exists out there, we're already doing all these things because we have the core value of wanting to improve people's lives and we're leveraging the business to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. So that that emphasis on culture is really helping you weather the um, downturn in access to talent. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jim. Um, It was really cool to hear about all these projects, learn more about your company. I appreciate you taking the time to talk. Thank you.